Are you ready? Can crush us. It don't really get no better than this the podcast that you're looking for. If you really heavy in the wrestling, hosted by the mark. Energy that's so amazing. Gotta keep it entertaining. Rep the can crush a nation. Yeah, you know what's going down in the ring. Lights out when you hit a ding ding. Knock them out like boom bada bing. Hold it down, you can crown me the king. Gotta shout out to the Miz and Duke the dumpster. We choke slamming everybody, power driving, hit them with a face buster. Yeah, yeah, this the show you need an and it ain't no need for waiting. Mark, hold it down for the can crusher nation. All about wrestling and keep it entertaining. Can crushers wrestling podcast. Time to break them. Let's go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can crushers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can crushers. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I love using this intro. I do. Because I figure one day I'm going to get to stand in the ring with Billy Gunn and Road Dog, and they're just going to hand the mic over to me and say, Mark, we've heard you on Can Crushers Wrestling Podcast. We've heard you on the spotlights. You do it better than I. All right. I always have a hope and dream, right? Mark the Mark here, and I'm excited to have my guest, Gemma Jules, the pro wrestling realist gem, the only gem in wrestling. Yeah, this isn't, this interview has not been set up about wrestling. Yes, you've just seen her on AEW. She faced my cousin Mercedes, and she faced my cousin Mercedes. We'll leave it at that. I ran across a post uh, with Gemma, and it hit home, and I'm like, I need to talk to Gemma about this. This is going to be the meat and potatoes of the podcast, and before I go any further and ruin it so you don't listen to the podcast, I'm going to skip ahead to the things that you need to know about where to find us. We're available on a ton of socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's all at CanCrusher69. You can find us there. Email us at cancrusher69 at gmail.com. If you're listening to this and you'd like to be on the show, cool. Send me an email. We'll schedule you something, and we'll get set up so you can have a spotlight as well. And where you can listen to us, iHeart, Spotify, Google, iTunes, Stitcher. The list goes on and on and on. Everywhere podcasts are, Can Crusher's Wrestling Podcast is there as well. And we have to give a special shout-out to... Collar and Elbow, the sponsor. Yes, Al Snow and his host of hooligans at the Collar and Elbow brand. Check them out. The spring regalia, that's the word I'm using this week, regalia is coming out real soon. I did see a Falls Count Anywhere shirt that it looks so sweet. If you want to buy that, go ahead and buy it. And then use the promo code CANCRUSHERS. All one word. Capital C and Can, Capital C and Crushers, you'll save 10%. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, here comes Al Snow to tell you more about Collar and Elbow, and we're going to deep dive into the interview with Gemma Jules. Guys, I'm excited, I'm nervous, I'm sweating a little bit. It's a subject that needs talked about a lot more, and Gemma is definitely going to be the one. I hope we can spearhead something from here on out. Wrestling a love and a passion we all share. I've started a wrestling brand, the wrestling brand. A brand founded on the aspects of wrestling. Two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere. Collar and elbow is the brand. Passion and love for wrestling is the drive. I am Al Snow, and this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. Welcome back to Can Crushers, guys. You heard how excited I am to talk to this woman, this lady, this amazing performer. Uh, oh, you're laughing already. No, I'm excited. I really am about so much. 
But I want to tell the story actually how we met, and we'll get to it. Uh, welcome to the show, Professional Wrestling's Rarest Gem, Gemma Jules. How are you doing today? I am very good. And you know what? Is your real name actually Mark? I really am. My mom duly named me Mark the Mark. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I love it. I love it even more now. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, so I don't go by Rarest Gem anymore. I'm the six-foot bombshell. Damn it. Um, I didn't I do my homework then. No, you're good. I, I kind of just started rolling with it after a, uh, a promoter called me that um, in, a, in a post and just said the, the bombshell is going to be returning in, in this month. And I was like, Huh. I was like, bombshell. I like that. And I didn't think that it had been done before. So I was like, okay, maybe we're going to roll with this. See how it goes. Yeah, because you're so, six yeah. foot 12, right? Essentially. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so a lot to cover here on the podcast. Again, I want to thank you for stopping by. But I want to know uh, this, this stuff before we get to the meat and potatoes of this. Who introduced you to professional wrestling when you were a, a little Gemma? <laughs> that's what's funny is actually uh nobody um it wasn't like my you know i have a younger brother but he wasn't into it until i got him into it but uh my dad wasn't watching it you know he didn't give two shits he didn't like it. i mean he didn't like it it bored him whatever but i would just be laying in bed at night when i was like 11 or something that's around the age i got in introduced to it and started liking it and i'd just be flipping channels and i just would see it on i'd just get excited and be like oh man, this is going to be fun. This is going to be entertaining. Uh, this is, you know, the show gets crazy. Like I just, I was just glued to the TV. I just loved it. And, uh, and then, then, you know, my love for it just kept growing and growing. And then I kept, I kept, or I became, uh, you know, a regular viewer. And then actually, um, was able to get my, like all my neighborhood best friends into it. So we could like trampoline wrestle and all that yes. good stuff. So I, I got everybody else around me into it, um, and you know, including myself. So th you said Dad could give two shits about it, but would he at least take you to an event or anything? Or he's like, "Nope, you're not he, going to this." Yeah, no, he did, and that was the, always the best thing. Of course, he supported it, and uh, because, like, for instance, uh, I went, he took me to every single show, and then there was one in particular where my dad, um, you know, based on his background, he uh, and he also worked. Um, he was in the trade show industry for thirty five years, so like. The arena at Gwinnett, which is now like Infinity Arena, something like that in Gwinnett, um, where AEW just was. Yep. They actually, um, he, my dad had had a meeting with the president, just ironically, um, one week. And the guy gave us five free tickets and we were right on the aisle, the walkway. Nice. So I got to touch and like basically hold HBK's arm and Booker T and RVD and Lita I was so happy. I was on cloud nine. And uh, so he, you know, he went above and beyond for me no matter what. Um, yeah. So, uh, of course, he would always take me. That's awesome. Uh, shout out, by the way. We'll be down in your neck of the woods uh, the end of May. We're going to head down to Deep South Wrestling. And then, nice. of, of course, I'm a minor league baseball nut, too. Uh, I have to okay. see. I have to see Gwinnett. I really do. Uh, their their yeah. new logo, which isn't new anymore, but the freaking fish is amazing. I need that. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I don't blame you. There's a lot, and the Gwinnett Gladiators, a hockey team there too. That may have kind of been more my dad's connection with, you know, the the president of the arena there. But uh, it was definitely a night that I will never forget. So yeah, every single time I went, uh, my dad was the one to take me, or we just get dropped off. And dad would come back and pick you up. What the hell yeah, did you kids yeah. get into? You know, right? Yeah. Right, exactly. That was for uh, Armageddon. That was for a pay-per-view, I remember. Oh, God. That's awesome. Years um, ago. I know. Yeah, it was great. You, you named some HPK, Booker T, and, and all of those. But who are some of your, you know, your favorites that really sucked you in that first time you were watching wrestling? Well, I mean, I'm sure, you know, I sound like a broken record at this point because I say on every um, – every show, you know, or interview that I do, I mean, there's literally only like one main person that really stood out to me and made me fall in love with the sport as far as on the male side. And then the female side, there's different influences, but it's the undertaker. I mean, he just, I just was obsessed. I just loved who wasn't was right after. 
Yeah, it will. Uh, you'd be surprised, but uh, it was right after he came back um, at like it was around like WrestleMania 20 time. Uh, and, you know, he, quote unquote, came back from the dead and, and fought Kane. And that was an incredible pay-per-view. Um, I had saved up. It was fifty dollars. And I saved up twenty five to ask, you know, and begged my mom to pay the rest um, to see if I could see him, you know, just to see him and just to, to be able to just see WrestleMania and experience the whole thing. So, um, I actually, um, basically from then on, you know, I, I watched him just all the time and he, he's had like a perfect career. He embodies everything that a wrestler should be and protected his character and really, I mean, really just did that for 30 years. Yeah. And a locker room leader, I mean, a safe worker, but also fair when receipts were need to be needed to be made. You know what I mean? Like he just, that's, that's just, and, and he's super tall. So I, I try to embody a little bit of that here and there when I'm in the ring. Um, but he has been my ultimate influence and my favorite wrestler of all time. Did, like, great. Uh, did you, did you cry during the hall of fame speech? Because yeah. I did. I, I cried. I, didn't I laughed. Think I got I... mad. Everything. I didn't think that I would, but uh, when he didn't speak, when the crowd was really cheering, I just broke down and I was sobbing. I was bawling my eyes out. But I had also cried when he kind of made the speech, you know, the year before in front of no people, which I don't think was uh, necessary at that point. They should have just put it all to this year. But um, when he made that first thing and he, you know, announcement and he couldn't get it out, he couldn't get the words out and he still could barely get the words out because he doesn't want to retire. And you can tell, I also cried like a baby then because I was just like, like, it's just the emotion. It's just, I think that, you know, if wrestling has ever made you cry, then you are definitely a fan. If you've felt some kind of emotion like that, and he brings that out of people. And even, you know, like Jim Cornette said, he still got goosebumps every time that the undertaker still come, you know, comes out Yeah. even to this day. And, and I still would too. I just, He's just a mesmerizing um, character, and so yeah, I was I was in bad shape the other night <laughs> for sure. And when he said "never say never," did you run around the house like mark the mark of and go I, yes, yes? It, as soon as I saw him stop and then go up for his like to go like put on the stuff, I was like, "Yep, here he goes." I knew it. I was like, I knew he wasn't gonna just walk away. He had to say that because he still can't bring himself right in every interview he's done and everything he's ever said he cannot bring himself to say never and i'm, I'm done for good and so i never want that, him to i never want no, him to. and we don't want him to so we love it so we eat it up so of course that made me so happy agreed agreed you you said mm-hmm. that the undertaker was your your main overall favorite and, and there's some women involved as well don't tell me mm-hmm. because I, I do a little bit of a game after watching some of your matches and see how horrible i am at guessing who you take yourself um and portray <laughs> you know yourself after so when we get to that part we'll get there but who are some of the women that you liked maybe not portray yourself after um, well, some of the women I liked growing up is definitely like Lita and Trish. And I actually had this infatuation with Tori Wilson. And I just thought that she was just gorgeous. I mean, even though obviously women's wrestling was a lot different back then, and she may have just been a, a, a sex symbol, but you know, she still went out and, and they, I mean, they still put on some pretty decent matches and, and they looked good. And I liked Stacy as well. Cause you know, long legs, long legs like me. Right. Um, and but yeah, Tori Wilson was uh, one of my first like favorites, absolute favorites growing up. And then um, as I got you know older and right before I wanted to join and start wrestling or join a school, uh, it was Nikki Bella for the most part. So um, you know because back in the day, I mean you're like I'm never I'm thinking you know I want to do this, but I I'll, I'll never be like looking like a Playboy bunny. I don't look like Sable. I'm not gonna get anywhere near this i'm sure but i'm so happy that so much of it has changed it, it has and i think it's so much for the better i i said this several times during the pandemic i think the women carried the pandemic have it be sasha and bailey and, and oscar oh, yeah. and, and brit um all of them kind of just carried Absolutely. everything and the women and the, the men i mean were put to the backside and the women waved the flag and i think it should be 
shouted to the rooftops more, but they still do not get it, and I effing hate I know. that. I know. So exactly, and to to have evolution, and then to go right to the you know to not have evolution again as a pay per view, and then go to the Middle East the first few times when the women weren't allowed to even attend the show or wrestle. I saw that as kind of a slap in the face, but it is what it is, and I'm glad that they've been able to evolve, and I'm glad that the likes of like Lita went over there. She was that she was, was awesome. definitely one of my favorites. I've met her, and she's an amazing person inside and out, and I I love her. To this day, I have her autograph at home. <laughs> yeah, hanging on the wall, of course. Yeah, of course. So, when you decided, when when was it that you decided to get into professional wrestling? And then, um, how did you research the Nightmare Factory to find it? Well, uh, I didn't start at Nightmare Factory actually, but um, what had happened? I mean, like for the longest time, you know, it stayed in the back of my head that I wanted to do this. And then Total Divas came out as a show. And, um, I remember thinking, well, wow, like these are the, this is what I wanted to do. Like, this is such a big thing now. And it seemed almost a little bit, it just kind of remotivated me, reignited that fire inside of me. But I would always Google search for schools in Georgia. And honestly, I mean, they were like, you know, three or four plus hours away, or there just weren't very many options. And, um, I, I just, I would always search, nothing would come up. And then, you know, I, I worked a nine to five and I was uh, 27 years old at that time. I decided to Google schools uh, again, just for the, um, you know, like, I don't know, fifth time knowing I probably, or sixth time knowing I probably wasn't going to find anything. And even if I did, I wasn't going to do anything about it. So I'm like, you know, all right, we'll try this out maybe again. So I Google schools, but this time a school had just opened up. It wasn't Nightmare Factory. It was something different. They're not in business anymore. Um, I won't go into too much detail. It just turned out to be a huge mistake. Uh, and I just didn't really learn anything. It was just kind of all over the place. And I just kind of felt more, it, it was just kind of more of a, a business type transaction than actually part for the business. Well, it was so like I was training there, you then. It was like I was training huh? you then, essentially. <laughs> Go ahead. Basically, yeah. I mean, there was – I did learn some good stuff. I met some amazing people that I'm still close with and that I, I respect and they respect me. And, and um, But that's – you know, what was interesting was someone – like during my time at that school, one of our students had gotten like uh, in trouble, I guess, for – or trying to tell people to go to this this other school or whatever. So because when he told us all that, I started thinking, what other school? Like, what what are you talking about? And then I found it was Power Factory at that time. Okay. Um, it so it was uh, just Glacier and QT, and they had just the one ring. And QT had basically just moved down here and it just opened shortly after the first school I was at. And um, I was like, oh. Okay, maybe this could be a better fit for me since I'm not getting what I need here. So um, I and and you know I, I went and sat down and met with QT. It was great, and it was basically like eight to you know fifteen of us some nights in this one ring, just just wrestling for basically like three hours. We were just going, going, and having a blast. And um, I learned so much from him. Eventually, when I shook free of the you know, shook loose the other school, which was actually a task in itself because they made everybody sign contracts and it, it was just a mess. That's what I mean by about it being about business. Uh, it was not run by anybody that had ever set foot in a wrestling ring or uh, even, you know, or do anything about the business. It was just run. It just was bad. So um, I finally made the jump after a lot of hoop jumping and tears and emotion and just leaving, you know, and I'd also lost my dad in that time as well. So uh, I started in January um, four years ago at or no, I started in January. I'm sorry, three years ago at um, Power Factory at that time. And then uh, the year I had spent the year before in the other school off and on up and down. Um, so. Yeah, that, that's what it started out as. And obviously, it was long before AEW was a thing. So, I mean, Cody wasn't really around then. I, he didn't he didn't really train me at all. Um, but, uh, yeah, QT and Glacier are just incredible. And uh, I was really blessed and lucky and fortunate to get in with them when I did, for sure. Um, 
yeah. And then you know, it's taken off now. No, that's okay. And then you get in with them, and COVID hits, and then uh, there's COVID. We don't need yeah. to get into COVID. But you also have yeah, another little setback. Did. What? <laughs> I, yeah, I did. No, it wasn't. It wasn't COVID. I started at the new school, and I didn't like. I my self esteem was just not there because I didn't know what I was doing. I was so confused from the other place that I went to, and just that was no good. So that took me a little bit at first. And I had almost, uh, I had almost quit. Um, because I, I just, you know, my head was all over the place, uh, after losing my dad. And I just was like, why is everybody else getting this? And why am I not? Um, and it was a mess. And I, I really did debate quitting, um, because I would see new people, new girls and guys come in and just nail everything and just do it and no fear. And just, I, I think I was overthinking everything, which I tend to do. So, uh, something like that. But, um, so I decided for that matter, uh, one weekend just to go home and just really study and take a step back and look at this for what it is. What am I missing? My thoughts were that I thought that everybody had to, um, do all the flips and all, and had to know how to do everything, absolutely everything, or you weren't anybody. So I was overwhelming and confusing myself. I didn't know that you could work to a specific style and create, you know, what makes you, you. And I did almost quit, but then uh, I went home one weekend and, and studied and took like for like four days and took like five pages of notes. I went back with a new attitude and wanted, you know, QT to show me or just to help me with some things. And I told him some things I wanted to try. And, and he was like, I don't know what you did, but you're a hundred times better. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So now I've got some momentum, right? This was a year before COVID. So I got some momentum. It took a while. Then I tore my left ankle and I was out for six months in a boot. Fabulous. And that was, yeah, exactly. So I'm like, wow. Okay. Uh, this is great. And I probably stayed out a lot longer than I should have, but I was so scared if I screwed it up even further that I would be permanently benched. And I, I just wasn't going to take that risk. So I was, I was out for about six months to play safe. I didn't have to have surgery, but, uh, it was a pretty decent, it was a, a bad sprain. One of the worst injuries I've ever had. Um, and then I came back and then COVID happened. So I'm like, is this just a sign? Am I just not supposed to do this? Because then the school shut down for like two and a half months, right? Right. <laughs> Which it's not that long. Thankfully, Georgia was a little bit more lenient with our COVID stuff. But um, so since, so after we went back, that's when I finally got the steady momentum. And that's what I've been still on, you know, for about like two and a half, three years yeah. uh, now straight. So, yeah. So it, it, there were definitely some, some roadblocks, but um I finally got to where I am now. So I'm going to jump to this question and then because you brought up your dad and you brought up that he passed and essentially that's where we kind of met and I'm going to release it on, uh, it's already been released on your Instagram, but people don't know how we met, but, um, so right. t tell me who Gemma Jules is. And this is where I pause you because this is going to give, these are the three people who, when I watch your matches, this is why I picture you as, or you've taken some of their moveset. You're bigger. Okay. You're, you're six foot twelve, as I said. Um, <laughs> so your your clothesline reminds me a lot of JBL. So I have JBL there. Oh. Yeah. Um, Charlotte, of course, because you kind of do the natural Thank selection you. a yeah. lot, and because you're a bombshell now, and I still even roll this in with the the rarest gem. You got some Carmella in you. So those are the three that I see. I like that. I've never had anybody kind of break it down for me like that and really study my wrestling. So I, I appreciate that. Yeah, Charlotte, I get it every indie show, too. Like, yeah. all the time. They'll yell it and they'll whatever. And, you know, it's a great compliment. Obviously, I don't have, you know, as much talent damn near close as she does. But honestly like it's one of the biggest compliments when people are like oh yeah that's charlotte she looks just like her she's just like her and i'm like well hell yeah that's run yeah, with it girl i got that's who i got a lot from because um you know tall women are also few and far in between and and tall wrestlers and that was one thing that i watched when i was trying to figure out if i still could do this and take notes on it and all that and whatever i was like i i just watched tall wrestlers undertaker scott hall kevin nash um, Edge, uh, a lot of Charlotte because she was tall. China, 
what have you. So yeah, tall plays into it a whole lot. JBL and Carmella not anywhere close though, right? Mm-hmm. No, no, I I didn't know that. Uh, I mean, Carmella definitely with uh, with my persona. I think that fits uh, for sure. I just never had anybody compare, you know, me to, to JBL. So that's new. So I, I will always, of course, take that as a compliment. Good. But uh, yeah, but Charlotte it hit the nail on the head. Good. Uh, one for three. I'll take it. Good enough. 333 in baseball <laughs> is a great average. So I'm good enough. No, I mean, I'd say Carmella uh, character. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then 667 because the other number is really half. bad. Yeah. One, one and a half. <laughs> sure. Good. Thanks. Now you're just stroking my ego. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, so you have a great pedigree, first and foremost, in the whole sports type of deal thing, because this is what we're going to get to. Your dad was an NHL hockey player, a forward, a brute kind of for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. And An enforcer. An enforcer, yeah, and maybe not a brute, but an enforcer, yeah. So mm-hmm. did you get to see many of his games, first and foremost? And then I'll really just unleash how I found you and holy shit, our paths are <laughs> on the same damn line. Uh, right? No, I actually did not because he retired. He played and then retired before I was uh, born. Um, but what's funny is that his first NHL goal was January 21st. I think he was uh, 77. And uh, I was born January 21st um, at 1990. So, holy shit. I, I know. Isn't that weird? It's, it's really weird. And it just kind of further explains you know the bonds that him and i had so um yeah so that uh i i didn't get to see any of his nhl games but i got to see some of his charity games and he would still skate and stuff obviously you know my brother uh the jeans and the the athletic stuff but i guess hockey wasn't really for him so it was kind of funny how i ended up being the somewhat quote-unquote athlete of the family when really that's it, it, I don't know if it was supposed to work out that way, but it did. So, Well, you said there's a bond, and we spoke a little bit beforehand, and daddy's little girl, again, at six foot plus, and I'm a, yeah. mama, I'm a mama's boy, and this is how we met. Uh, there was a post a while back uh, about your shoot job, and I'm not going to give too much away, but you got you got a nice tip, and because you're having a rough day at work, and oh, yeah. sepsis came into that conversation. And yeah. I'm like, holy shit. So I read into it. Then I start doing some diving into it. And I'm like, oh, man. I know a lot of people. Uh, nobody actually posts stuff like this about it to release. The sepsis is yeah. how your dad passed. And that's essentially the way yeah. my mom passed. And why don't we talk about it more? Right. It's it's like a silent like killers and it's one of the number one killers in hospitals. And and I don't know why there's not a conversation about it. But at the same time, uh, I don't really I wouldn't really know many steps to to fix that sort of thing, you know, but it doesn't mean that we can't have the conversations. Right. We and we should and we should. Absolutely. Mine. Again, whatever you want to say, you can clearly say I've opened up before, especially when we had the whole thing of we did a we did a tribute to my mom and if you ever want to go listen to anything uh about me crying and just being drunk and that we we just opened up um my mother was going in for essentially essentially um an elective surgery and they hit a bowel and they didn't find it for days later and then it was too late and then 11 days after she passed the worst 11 days of my life i essentially quit my job and i sat with her for 11 days during that 11 days, were they, like, waiting to find something out? Or were you waiting in limbo? Or did you know she was going to pass? Like, what? We, after after five days, they, they were trying this, that, and the other. I'm sure probably the same as your dad. They were trying this, they were trying that. They couldn't do it. They, they couldn't do it. And then they had that conversation saying, we there, there's nothing. It's, it's now beyond, you know, things are deteriorating on the inside. I'm like. Right. They're like, we can try this, but she might not make it through that surgery. And she yeah. she was half awake some days, and then other days she wouldn't wake up for days. Wow. So I, yeah, I, I, 
I I said no. Uh, I just saw it in her eyes. I'm like, no, let's just keep her comfortable the rest of her life because it wasn't going to be a healthy life after that, even right. if she did bounce back. That and that happened to a, a friend of mine actually, where her her mom and her ran like a matchmaking service together, and her mom was like life of the party, most beautiful woman, and all this stuff. And because of a routine surgery and sepsis, she you know now can't take care of herself and they lost everything and it, it was a tragic story. So it, it definitely, it's, it's, it's bad. It, it is horrible. Yeah. It, it's, it's brutal. It, it really is. And it, it's uh, on my part, just sitting through, I, I wouldn't change it. I would change it that you wouldn't have it, but I mean, I, I would not change spending that 11 days with her until because oh, no, absolutely. just holding your hand crying Mindless. every day. Yep. But yeah, you had to be there, and she knew you were there, and and yeah. he uh, he was gone in, in a week, um, and very fast. And I'm I'm kind of glad I did I did not have to see him deteriorate because he always said I don't want to be a vegetable. I'm not going to do that. You can pull the plug. Like he's like, no, I'm I'm not going to live my life like that. I'm not. So he never wanted to do that. But the thing was, they gave him a ninety percent chance to live, and instead. He died 90% through the MRI when he went under for a four-hour MRI. He went under anesthesia so they could find out what's wrong because he, he had fallen while doing yard work and thought he broke his neck and had extreme pain. And no hospital or doctor, for whatever reason, would really take him seriously about his his pain. And when he finally did get taken seriously, when he was admitted, he, he went immediately into the ICU. And they wanted to build up his strength and, and wait until he was coherent enough for them to put him under anesthesia. My brother discussed it with everybody because he was there and he signed the waiver and all that. And uh, about 90% done with the MRI, he'd lost his blood pressure and they rushed him out and couldn't revive him. And um, so it was cardiac arrest, sepsis, and I guess staff as well too. Um, but what's interesting was five years ago before, or five years before he died uh, in 2018, he um, was actually um, misdiagnosed with sepsis and they told us then he was going to die when all he had was actually like a kidney infection. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Right. Right. And this time I didn't, that's why I didn't take it as seriously this time because I was like, okay, this is what they said last time, whatever. And gave him a 90% chance. And you want to believe and listen to the doctor, but right. And I, you know, but I, yeah. Yeah. So we had had the scare once before. I'm I'm sorry. Thank you for sharing. That 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 means a lot. Yeah. That that's connection. You know, right? You just always like right. not that you like hearing stories, but you know somebody out there. It, you've went through the same thing, and I, I my heart goes out to you and your family for that. And yeah, same to you. Yeah, it's it's rough. It yeah for sure it is. But but the but you know when you do connect with somebody over loss, it's it's one of the deepest connections that you can have. Uh, and you feel like you've met like almost a best friend. It's happened to me many times and, and, you know, like, a um, charity golf tournaments that were thrown by, uh, my dad's company, things like that. And it just, yeah. So, um, I've met a lot of people that have gone through the same thing and, and, uh, it should be talked about more. So that's why I don't mind talking about it, you know? Good. Yeah. Because th that was the, the realest, uh, reach out to have somebody on the podcast. I'm like, I think we have the same story. We need to talk. Oh yeah. yeah. By the way, I have a wrestling podcast. I, I don't even care about the wrestling podcast. I want to talk to you. So that was <laughs> right. You were like, who is this well, freaking creeper? Yeah. No, not at all. I mean, there've been worse, you know, and I, I, to be honest, I don't do a whole lot of podcasts cause I just, there's a, been a lot of requests and I just got to find, you know, the time again and just, uh, it's usually just kind of me repeating the same stuff that I've been saying. So um, sometimes I'm, I look at it from that side of things and I'm like, well, should I keep, do people still want to hear this? But uh, this is a little different for me. So I, I do appreciate, uh, you know, uh, you looking into me and, and following me and my journey and everything. So Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, all right. Mm -hmm. Let's. Let's get back to wrestling, lighten it up a little bit. You you're okay. coming you're coming back off of um, meeting my cousin Mercedes in a wrestling <laughs> yeah. match on AEW. Uh, mm -hmm. First and foremost, I'm a fat garbage man. Okay, how is catering? And then we'll get to the match. 
<laughs> um, it was no, it was good. Um, they, I mean, they have a bunch of uh, healthy snacks lined up. Um, at first when you get there, and then you just grab a. It was like a gourmet sandwich box or something like that. And so, um, it, I mean, they're a fantastic company. AEW really is, and um, it was great to be down there and just really see it. And, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, great, you know, doctors and execs and people that take care of you and agents and the whole thing. It was just, it, it was great. They're a great company, solid people. Yeah. Being from the Pittsburgh area, we have a good, two good friends that hang out down there. One, your former women's champion, uh, DMD Britt Baker, and the other one who is going to be the future of wrestling. If you haven't heard his name, Wardlow, get the hell out from a rock. Um, <laughs> right, yeah. So y- your match with Mercedes probably didn't go the way you wanted it to, but my cousin is the brute of the family. Um, how was it right. working with Mercedes? Um, it was great. Uh, she, you know, is, I mean, I didn't know she had a school or has taught this or had 20 years experience. I, I didn't know too much on her background. Um, and when I first got down there I was afraid that I wasn't gonna have a match because sometimes that happens uh but then you know I was also we were like number 23 so the the crowd gets a little stale after a while down there but um I really enjoyed working with her and um you know she was supportive and and everything but uh sometimes like you're given a certain time and then stuff has to get cut so you have to be quick to come up with a solution work around it um so that, you know, we had to do that because that did happen to us a couple times uh, where, hey, we're just going to, you know, start with this anyway or this or whatever. So, yeah, uh, something big coming up in, in your life before we hit the random questions, by the way, May 21st, Ultimate Women of Wrestling in Las Vegas, yourself yeah. and uh, uh, Evil Lee, Santana Garrett, uh, Genocide. Jordan Blue, the list can go on and on. I need to get out to uh-huh. Vegas for this. This is this sounds like an amazing card. How did you get involved with this? I really just like for shits and giggles messaged uh, the promoter or the the Instagram account. I was like, I've always wanted to wrestle in Vegas, and that's really like that's a great how story. I, <laughs> I, I mean, it is right because I I've been in sales. Uh, for 10 plus years, you know, is for my like job. So I'm used to following up with people being persistent, marketing, putting myself out there. That's never been an issue for me. Um, but it was so, yeah. So I just said that and I, I didn't even know if they were looking for people. I didn't know what I was going to hear back. I just was like, I might as well shoot my shot. And, um, and then it said, okay, well, yeah. Um, they, you know, were like, send your information here. Um, and we'll have, uh, Ivelisse, you know, she's, um, basically, producing the whole thing and we'll have her take a look at everything and just, you know, see. And so I was like, Oh, okay, well, it's, you know, I don't know how she's going to feel or if she's going to like my stuff, but it's, it's worth a shot. And, um, you know, sure enough, I got the email that was like, Hey, um, Evely said, you know, you're all clear and, uh, we'd be, we'd love to have you. So I was super excited because this will be the first show and I'm super excited to see where it goes. And they're they're taking really good care of us already, you know, um, with all expenses paid, all that good stuff. And um, I think it's a it's a big step in the right direction for uh, women's wrestling as well. So I'm I can't wait. I agree. I agree. I hope I haven't seen it yet because since I saw the first post that was happening. I hope it gets picked up by Fight or somebody so everybody else can get to watch oh, yeah. it because it, it's going to be a huge event. And I hope it, it continues and it's a – a let's compare it because I'm going to be that dick. Um, let's compare it to WoW. Let, hopefully it's on that same atmosphere as WoW and, and stuff right. like that. Even Mission Pro because Thunder Rosa, what she's doing is fucking yeah. amazing too. Of course. So – I, I don't um, want to get you in trouble I, by mentioning any competitors or anything. I mentioned all those oh, people. Oh, no, no, okay. not at all. I I was going to do a tryout, actually, for WoW um, in January, but then when COVID, the Omicron, reared its ugly head again, uh, they canceled it. So I don't know, you know, when, but I, I was ready to go. I was going to go, and I was super excited. Um, but, uh, you know, that's always something to look into in the future and uh i love and respect thunder rosa and um i train you know with the renegade twins who've just spent like over a month at you know training with her and stuff and um 
I'm trying my best to get out there. Um, but just to, you know, to perform in a show, but I'd, I'd rather just kind of send my information and do all that when I feel like I'm more ready. Right. And, uh, I was actually like going to wait, um, even for dark to kind of ask or to put the feelers out there. But, um, it was Cody that suggested that I go because I had been at the school for so long and, and he wanted to give me an opportunity. So that's one thing that I will always be thankful for. He's an awesome person. And, um, really he just kind of appreciated the fact that I always said hello to him when he came in and, and, um, he, that's what he appreciates, just respect. And, uh, and yeah, so he just thought that I should go and I I didn't want to be like, Oh no, I'm not ready. You know, if it's my only shot then I'm going to go. So, uh, that's, that's exactly what I did. (laughs) Um, so yeah. Isn't it amazing how being a good human being can get you things instead of just shitting on people the rest of your life? I'm not saying you do, but pe- people think exactly. that it no, works. You're, you're right, because uh, he would come in, you know, and, and um, every time I'd see him, because, you know, he trains the camps there still, and that's really the only time I see him. And uh, I would I would always say hello to him. Uh, you, you know, nice, good guy. And uh, he, he would come in and train on occasion. Um, for like himself or sometimes with some of us before he, he purchased half our school and started the camps. So he would be around those nights and he knew me from then uh, as well. And just the select few of us that were still kind of with everybody um, or with the school at the, from the very beginning. Uh, it's obviously taken off now, but, but yeah, um, I, I mean, QT would be like, you know, you guys could say hi to Cody when he's here. Like you don't have to, you know, cause Cody thought that we all had uh, egos or something now and whatever. And, uh, I was like, oh, I, I always say hi to him. And then, um, you know, QT was like, no, he says you do. And it's one of the only reasons he knows your name. The honor student. So I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) No. Right. I just, uh, again, I'm just, I wasn't even thinking anything of it. I just say hello to the people that I see and the people that come in. Um, and that's, that's what we're taught obviously is to fist pump or shake everybody's hand or whatever, you know, COVID now we just do the fist pump usually, but that's, that's kind of how QT originally, like, well, that's what he started with. Like, he's like, I don't need to shake everybody's hands. You guys can just, you know, make it quick and easy. I don't need everybody lining up, say goodbye at the end of the day. And I'm like, yeah, I get it. So it's a time saver and I, I like it better anyway. So, uh, yeah. So Cody, um, uh, was the reason that I, I went and, uh, I'm, I'm hoping to go back, but, at the same time, I'm not really in any in any rush either. Oh, you have you have a, a bunch on your plate, so yeah, which is right, awesome. Right. So yeah. All right, random questions, and then we'll get back to wrestling one last time. All right, these are really okay. stupid, really stupid questions. That's fine. What's your favorite cereal? Oh, I don't know. Uh... <laughs> There's a caveat to the question. Really, we don't give two shits out what your favorite cereal is, but go ahead. Maybe Fruity Pebbles. Oh, my God. I, I love you. Yes, that's mine, too. All right. We're back on track. Okay. All right. Stop there. And, and how do you make your cereal? Don't be a sociopath, please. I mean, you pour the cereal in first and then the okay. milk. Right. The almond milk. Well, that's, the milk doesn't matter. It's that you pour it in. And I don't understand. This is like the number one rated question. I always, hey, I'm having this person on in the Discord. I'm having this person on. What do you want to ask? How's their favorite cereal and how they make it? Because you can tell if they're a sociopath or not. Because if you put the if you put the milk in first, where the hell do you put the cereal then? Essentially, right? <laughs> exactly. I know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, when somebody pours it for you, like, don't do that. Yeah. No. <laughs> Come on. You don't know how much I want in there. You don't know my life. Don't yeah. do that. Get out of here. Um, right. What's your favorite gem? And you don't please don't say yourself. Don't be that person. Oh, that, that no, I wasn't going to. Okay. But, um, uh, well, I like my um, birthstone, which is a garnet, okay. um, for sure. And then, I mean, obviously, everybody loves diamonds, but I do like um, morganite as well. Okay. It's pretty. No love for the emerald. No, no, no love for the green. Uh, they're no, they're beautiful. I just, uh, it's not at the top of my list, I guess. Okay. All right. Last stupid one. Would you rather have a beer with Hangman on a page or Private Party? I don't know if they really drink beer, so alcoholic um, beverage. We'll yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Um. Because Adam Page was always drinking, you know, the the whiskey, it seemed like, right? Right, right. So I think Private Party, just because uh, 
their, their name party. <laughs> so I think they could drink anything and, and two is better than one. So I think, you know, it'd be a lot of fun. Okay. So you want more than just a shot. Okay. Understand. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get ready to wrap this up, but there's a few more. Can you look back on yourself as the 11 year old girl now and say, holy shit, I did this. I am, <laughs> you know, faux undertaker. You know, I am in the ring the same, but all right, I'm not, you're going to yell at me. Dude. I'm not on the same page, just that and the other, but can you say, look at what I'm doing. I'm a superhero now. Um, I definitely have remained humble through all of this and really just sometimes thought like, you know, sometimes, yeah, it, it does amaze me. And it usually takes somebody else telling me and uh, like, well, you know, that doesn't all matter. Like you had a dream, you went for it and you achieved it. And so that makes it really special. Um, and sometimes I do have to be reminded because because it is a really great thing, whether I'm the best or not. It's it's still a great thing. Uh, and it's still, you know, I, I don't have any regrets and I, I wouldn't change anything. And so, yeah, as new opportunities arise as my, um, cause I've only been working shows for a little over a year now. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know if I would change a whole lot and, uh, I am very happy and, and proud of myself, but I'm always striving to do better. That doesn't mean that I ever stop working. If that makes sense. Perfect sense. Perfect sense. Yeah. What is wrestling in these couple of years brought to your life? Um, a sense of joy. Just uh, I've met incredible people. I've made awesome friendships. I've met Hall of Famers that like I can text. Like I can text Teddy Long. I can text Ernest Cat Miller. I train karate with him sometimes. Like I, it's insane to me. And um just being around these superstars and, and it was very difficult for me to be down at AEW and like sitting next to big show and like Matt Hardy and CM Punk and trying not to like mark, mark out, out I guess. Yep. <laughs> yeah. you know, and the only person, and I, I was good. We learned to control it. The only person I would obviously freak out for is the undertaker and, and that I would make no apologies for, but um, yeah, uh, aside from that, I'm sorry, what was the question? Uh, I don't know. What is, wrestling? Uh, what is what is wrestling brought? Yeah. Yeah. So it's in that sense, it, it great new friendships, new relationships. Um, just it's, it's taught me a lot about myself and how far I can push myself. And, uh, at the end of the day, it's just, it brings, I, I just, it's that adrenaline rush and it's that high. I think that people that love wrestling and people that do wrestle seek, I think we all have that bug, that pull that pulls us back. Um, it's like, even when you take, you know, a day or two off or something, you still like you, you miss it and you have withdrawals and you still have, you need to go back. And then, then you satisfy that high. It is like an addiction and I love it. Agreed. Uh, that's the whole Mm -hmm. aspect of this podcast. I, I am a mark for you guys. I'm a mark for the business and you guys, uh, meaning everybody I've talked to from, you know, Barry Horowitz, Manny Fernandez, Al Snow, da 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 da, da letting right. me into your life, is, you know, you're letting me in that a little bit. And that's, you know, I, I never wanted to be a wrestler. I wanted to be the, the Fink or Tony Schiavone or Jim Ross or somebody right. like that. You know, I, I, I don't, I hate clipping my nails because I might hit my cuticle and I'll cry for a couple weeks. No, I don't want to get beat up. I want to talk to everybody. And that's essentially what this podcast has started, you know, talking to everybody. And I love it. So I understand that high. Right. As soon as we get off the phone, I'm going to be researching the next interview. I need to get to talk to this person. So yeah, it's, it's crack. Essentially. Exactly. Yeah. It really is. Not that I've been on drugs right, at all. But. Exactly. But it's also, it's always changing and there's always something or somebody new or a new yeah. move to learn or this or that. And you're, you can really surprise yourself and you never know what the next thing around the corner is. So that's another thing to it. It's not, it's the industry that's, it's not going anywhere and it's constantly developing. Two more quick ones because I know we're, we're sure. against the wall. Uh, if you could change anything in professional wrestling, I know you're young in the business and you haven't seen some of the hardships of, you know, the 80s or even the 90s when it was rough for the women and stuff like that. But what other aspects could you say, man, this really still needs to change in wrestling? Um, wow, that one I'm not, I have to think on. Uh, I think that, I think that it's still, even though women are still kind of 
coming up, you know, in it. I think maybe just more opportunities, you know, for, for women. I think uh, Wholeheartedly. First, and, first and foremost, that's the first thing that I could think of because, you know, we are doing everything that the men did and do. And um, obviously there has to be boundaries at some point, but I do think, like, I don't see why WWE can't have the Evolution pay-per-view every year I, or every other year. I thought it was going to be at least. You know what I mean? Like, why was it just a one-time thing? Like, why... Uh, can't we keep going with it because um, you know, it's still taking off. I just think, uh, yeah, I think that the, you know, there should be more women's matches on some of these shows and yeah, that's, that's really it. Um, it's just the more, more opportunities for women um, Agree. in whatever way that comes. Yeah. Agree. I know the answer to this one, but I'm going to ask so everybody else can hear it, but I put a caveat on it. Dream match okay. who, where, and stipulation. I mean, that's Charlotte Flair, of right. course. Clearly. Did you already know that? I knew that. <laughs> I did know that. Charlotte Flair, uh, what, Madison Square Garden? Um, no, you're so generic. I thought you I, maybe say on your trampoline or someplace cool. Come on. What? No. Trampoline, I could do a whole lot more damage, though. Everybody says uh, Madison Square Garden. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, they do? Well, I think that's like the end-all, be-all for wrestling. But honestly, I mean, I've. I, yeah, I wouldn't mind it being in like a you know Mercedes Superdome uh, in Georgia, so something like that. But um, a title match just for the women's championship. I I'm not really too into the hardcore shit to be honest. Um, no, you're a bombshell. No, I don't want to wreck my body in that in that sense. You know, I, I'm not good at, at taking bumps on thumbtacks and stuff. But uh, much respect to the women that can. But it's it's not my thing. But just a, a clean simple you know title match i just think that'd be great okay this is your time socials i know you're on youtube sell whatever you want to sell tell us what's up and did <laughs> i forget anything uh no i i don't think so i think you asked a lot of good questions i appreciate that so um uh yeah i'm on you know instagram zoe underscore w 101 um i'm trying to figure out if i should get another instagram to change the or just change the name you know but it's still can get kind of confusing sometimes so for now that's what i'm under and the same with twitter um but you can also search Gemma jewels on either and i'll come up and then um i have the youtube channel as well uh under and that has to be under my real name because it's linked to my email so i can't change you know unfortunately i can't using my business email or business or email for business purposes i can't be Gemma <laughs> there yeah but damn um, it but Oh, yeah. And I think you asked me, you know, where Gemma Jules came from. And actually, uh, I don't know if you're you've ever seen Sons of Anarchy. Yes. Um, it's after Gemma Teller, because uh, okay. I had a boss uh, that I worked for that always would compare me to her. And I've had a lot of the people say it, too. And uh, the Jules just kind of had a nice ring to it. So that's why I decided to do that. I just couldn't think of anything else. Um I would think about like jolt, maybe electricity, something like that. And I'm like, nah, that's not me. That's not me. And Jules just sounded good. And I didn't even think or realize that it was gems and jewels and what I could do with that. So right, that, it rolls that was, a lot better. Yeah. Right. And it came, it came as soon as, uh, I finally, you know, took those notes and started really applying myself. Um, and it all kind of came together. So that's, that's great. Um, that was really lucky that that happened and, and I was, I was super excited. So that's where that came from. Um, so yeah, definitely follow me on whatever you like to and make sure, uh, well, actually I'll go ahead and just give you, you know, your, um, uh, <laughs> um, what is it? Promo right now. Oh, there you go. This is Gemma Jules, the six foot bombshell. And I am on here with Mark from the can crushers podcast. Make sure you check them out for a new episode every Wednesday. There you go. How's that? How's that, guys? That's pretty amazing. In in the spotlight promo, so I can clip and edit it. Awesome. I don't have to do any extra work. Gemma, I love you. I know we're really against the wall. Run, run, run. And I Oh, you're fine. Okay. I was just making sure. By the way, she forgot to tell you to go buy her t-shirt at Pro Wrestling Tees as well. Yeah. Well, here's the thing on that. Uh, it is there. But I, I forgot my password of her wrestling team. <laughs> and it's it's the hardest damn thing to to reset or for whatever reason. 
So, and I also have a new logo that I'm, I'm trying to create a new t-shirt. So I've just been locked out. <laughs> so please, yeah, if you'd like to, or you can message me for any eight by tens that I sell or my stickers, um, cute little stickers, uh, you know, that say set it off. Um, and yeah, I, I'm going to try and fix that in the next two weeks, but right now I'm locked out of pro wrestling tees. And every time I ask for like a password reset email, like it doesn't come through. So I, I don't know what's wrong. Tonight, you're going to have to call in and be on the phone for a half an hour. and then Probably. Like, yeah, yeah. I really don't want to. Yeah, but I'm not. I, I'm looking in spam. I'm not getting the emails. I, I don't know. So I'm, I'm trying because I want to put a new shirt on there. You need an assistant. Happens. You need an assistant in your life right now, dear. For real. Yeah. Are you offering? Sure. I'm coming down to Atlanta anyway, <laughs> so I might as well make it happen. When are you coming down here? The end of May, we're coming down. So. You coming down for MomoCon? What the hell is MomoCon? Uh, it's, you know, a nerd con, but uh, I'll be performing there as well. A lot of young Georgia wrestlers and talent. Um, Momo is, I think, an anime character or something like that. Um, so it's similar to Dragon Con. Uh, oh, you know, wow. what, what date? Do you know the exact date? Uh, yeah, let me pull it up one second. Um, I had it. I have the flyer for it. It's on my Instagram. Um so Momocon is May 26th through the 29th. I'll be wrestling two days there uh, at the Georgia World Congress Center. So I definitely, any Atlanta, AT Aliens, whatever, you guys come out um, for sure. Or if you happen to be in town, definitely come see me. It's um, for Stranglehold Championship Wrestling. And uh, I will, I'm very excited because I'm having a uh, the long-awaited rematch that I was going to have with my uh, debut match uh, opponent, which, um, you know, Shalance Royale. Yep. Um, so now we're finally, I mean, I've talked about it in so many podcasts before when people ask me about uh, who, what opponents that they would, you know, what, or what did I think of my first match and all that. But yeah, now I get to face Royal again. So uh, we're, we're real excited um, for that match. And um, yeah, so if I don't know if that's the dates you're coming into town, but you we're should extend, check out. We're extending vacation. My wife's going to love that. By the way, she listens to mm. Spotlight, so she really enjoys listening to Spotlight. Not a huge wrestling fan, but when we talk about vacation, her ears will perk up and say, cool, we're staying in Atlanta for an extra 10 days. Deal. Of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so if you want to come out, I mean, it's, it's always good uh, networking opportunities. There's always some good um, people there. I mean, I know that Ric Flair was at, like, Dragon Con, and that's where I met Lita and Sting. They were all being inducted into the Georgia Wrestling Hall of Fame, something like that. But there's always a few surprise people showing up, and um, it's great. Yeah, so I'm. Uh, they had canceled it because of COVID. I was supposed to do it last year, but um, now I'm seeing billboards for it. It's starting to get close. I'm, I'm real excited, so that'll be fun. Nice. MomoCon. I have yes. to do research. I have to do research. I'm excited. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And uh, I'm really excited for this episode to air. So um, thank you for uh, giving me an opportunity to come on the podcast. No problem. Thank you very much, dear. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Mark. Ladies and gentlemen, Gemma Jules. Again, Gemma, thank you for coming on the podcast. Thank you for opening up. One about your father and the way that he passed and listening to my story, connecting, because we both know that you said it perfectly that sepsis is kind of like a silent killer. We need we need to spearhead this. We need to know more about it. We need to deep dive into it. And, and hopefully, I, I truly mean this, you know, Gemini can... Get something going, you know. It needs talked about. Open, open everybody's eyes because she lost her dad. I lost my mom uh, about that. But on the wrestling side, on the wrestling side, not to make that drastic shift, but to, to keep it upbeat a little bit. How about that? How about Mark being two for three uh, on the guests? Uh, I'm going to give myself. She said one and a half. I'm taking the whole two. With Carmella, JBL, and Charlotte. Didn't really get the JBL. You Watch your clotheslines, guys. Watch your clotheslines. They're, they're pretty fucking awesome. Um, guys, if you want to see her, make sure you check out her YouTube page. She posts all her matches on there. Hopefully she can figure out her uh, pro wrestling tees so you guys can get on there. Get the new logo in a couple weeks when she has that released. And again... May 21st in Las Vegas. So if you can get to Las Vegas, that within itself is pretty damn awesome. 
Ultimate Women of Wrestling. She'll be taking on Zeta Zhang, but you'll also see Santana Garrett, Eva Leith, Genocide, Jordan Blue, and the list goes on and on. By the way, the Renegade uh, twins as well will be there. Yeah, unbelievable. What a great interview. Getting to know more about Gemma Jules, and she's a Fruity Pebble fan. So she wins. She wins the podcast. Check. Good Good to go. Alright guys, what a great interview. Had fun again this week here on Can Crusher Spotlight. Keep it real. Keep coming back. We love having these listeners. We love having the talent come on and chit-chat with us. We love hearing wrestling stories. Remember, just because you're trash doesn't mean you can't do great things. It's called the garbage can, not a garbage cannot. And just be nice to people. Look, Cody Rhodes loves her.